A big hello from me, Katie Thistleton. I am here with the people in the know to talk business and administration degree apprenticeships for the latest episode of the UCAS Choices podcast, Getting Ahead with Apprenticeships. I'm joined today by Dr. Trevor Gerhardt, Director of Studies for Higher Degree Apprenticeships at Kent Business School, Emily Merrison, Head of Early Careers at Airbus, and Gabriella Goddard-Palmer, a Management Consultant Degree Apprentice at Atkins. Today, we'll uncover the ins and outs of becoming an apprentice. That's everything from what you might be working on from day one to what your future career could look like once you graduate. So let's jump straight in with our first question. It's the big question that we're asking at the start of these podcasts. What actually is the difference between studying business and administration as a degree apprenticeship and doing a traditional degree, Trevor? So the main difference between traditional education and degree apprentices is they are on the job. Four days working uh, and one day uh, studying at the university. Uh, so one of the stresses, I guess, uh, and uh, it's let's be honest about degree apprenticeships, it's a lot of uh, balancing act of how do you do what you need to do four days a week, chasing all those things your manager needs from you, and then coming to uni once a week and then doing all the assignments that the university requires from you. And I think that's probably one of the main differences in terms of it being uh, pressured. But of course, because of the apprenticeship levy, they get a degree paid for um, and they get work experience, which is great. Amazing. So, Emily, it is people like you uh, at your company that are actually funding the fees for the apprentices to study. Yeah, absolutely. We we do. Um, and at Airbus, we see it as a, a huge benefit to the company as well as the student uh, because we are getting that academic knowledge and we're able to grow that student from scratch almost in terms of their processes at Airbus. We also train and develop them as well. Um, you know, we give them courses on everything from the technical skills that they need uh, to the behavioural development and even, you know, leadership and management skills as well. So we uh, we also see quite a high level of loyalty from our apprentices, which, again, is a benefit for the employer. Um, I think partly because they have uh, had, um, you know, their, their degrees and their qualifications funded by the organisation. Um, and they are there from day one, uh, as, as, as Trevor says, embedded in the organisation. They're working on site. Um, so we do get a high level of, of loyalty from our apprentices as well. So, Gabriella, this is something you're doing at the moment. So can you paint us a bit of a picture of what your week is like? So Trevor's already said that it's usually working for four days and studying for one. Do you go into campus on that study day? How soon did you get into the workplace? Was that straight away or did you have to study loads first? No, so right at the beginning, I had a three-week induction, which is really great. I'm getting paid for practically training, um, where they just introduced us to the company, introduced us to our scheme. We had a university sort of introduction, which is really great. Um, so they really consider the fact that we've just come out of school, sixth form usually, um, and they cater towards that. It's got almost straight plunging in the deep end, you know, start working nine to five, uh, which is really nice. And traditionally, it's one day a week, as Trevor said. So I do university almost like on a day release. So I have online lectures. Um, so every Tuesday, and that changes quite a lot. Um, I'll be taken out of work and I'll turn my laptop off from all my client responsibilities or project responsibilities focus on my lectures, do my assignments, and then Monday, Wednesday, and then to Friday, I'll be working on my project. Um, and we're trying to balance those things. So it's quite difficult, but um, yeah. Yeah, it sounds it, but it sounds really rewarding. Like Trevor said, getting all of that great experience at the same time as studying. So you were straight into the workplace then? Yeah, yeah. No sort of hesitation. And they do sort of 
tailor the roles to your experience. We're hired as apprentices, not for our experience. We're hired almost for our perseverance and our kind of commitment to learn and how much we want to grow. Um, so they don't put us straight in as sort of a high responsibility role because they know deep down we are amateurs realistically. Um, so they don't give us loads of responsibility, but they make sure that we're in a safe environment to be able to learn and be able to gain more responsibility um, as the job goes on. Trevor, do the course dates differ? Do you start a little bit later or <coughs> if you're doing an apprenticeship compared to if you were doing a traditional degree? Most of them have a September start, which is the way the, the UK academic calendar works. Uh, sometimes you have January starts. Um, bearing in mind, we're talking uh, undergrad degrees. They also post-grad degree apprenticeships available, and those are often staggered in different ways. So yeah, they, they, most of them start September, but sometimes there's a slight difference. And presumably all those skills that you're gaining as well are really transferable, whatever you, you then go on to do in your career. Yes, definitely. If I may again, there's a little theory called signaling theory. So when people are looking for people to apply for a job, they're looking for signals, whether that's in the CV or the application or when they get to the interview. Now think about it for a minute. If, say, we have 9,000 graduates who've just finished a course in business administration, um, what separates them? The marks. It's very rare, very rare, in, unless you're part of a graduate scheme, that the marks separate you out. What they're looking for are those skills. Did you arrive on time? Did you dress professionally? How did you come across when they gave you a question about and problem solving? You know, were you innovative in your answers? And it's those signals that then kind of set you slightly above somebody else, which gets you shortlisted. And it's those skills that we're working on during a degree apprenticeship. That's how Trevor works for a business school. He's here with all the theory, all the facts, all the stats. I'm really enjoying it. It's great. Uh, Gabriella, do you have to specialise in a certain type of business in order to do your apprenticeship or can you figure that out later on? No, I mean, when you apply for the apprenticeship, you're sort of given your role and given your degree. So I'm a management consultant, um, but then my degree is in project management. Um, of course, that you can do a variety of things with that. And a lot of the skills are applicable to different industries and sectors. Um, but for the most part, whilst you're depending on the company as well. So the company I work with, Atkins, we specialise in lots of different things from sort of defence or security uh, technology. So I kind of have that opportunity as a management consultant to go into the different sectors um, but the skills sort of say the same it's what I learned from my project management degree and then sort of can apply to the rest of that. So presumably Emily you know if a student goes for an apprenticeship in your company and they are doing a particular type of business they're going to be able to use those skills if they want to go into a, a different area of business at a later date. Yeah, and I think um, the beauty of the apprenticeships that we run and a lot of uh, large organisations run is that they do placements and rotations around different areas of the business. So we we want to, you, you know, you have your home department that you're recruited into at the start. Um, and then, but then there's lots of opportunities to actually move around the business and, and get a broader experience of different areas, whether they be the commercial areas or the technical areas of the business. Some of our uh, degree apprentices go overseas to do placements in our head office in, in France, for example. Um, as long as you can make the academic side of that work, you know, doing those placements during holiday periods and so on, um, you know, a, a huge um, possibility for, for development of, you know, cultural awareness as, as well. Gabriella, you are, you know, 19 years old, presumably a social life is a really important uh, part of of, uh, of how you live your life. Are you still able to have it in the sense of getting involved with Freshers Week and all that stuff that people look forward to at university doing an apprenticeship? 
it depends what you make of it. So if I'm putting myself out there to meet friends at the company or meet people in the area, then I'm going to have a good social life. It's sort of assuming people who work nine to five don't have a social life. You wouldn't say just any other adult doesn't have a social life just because they're not at uni. Um, but then you've got to sort of find loopholes. So one of my, a uh, few of my friends still live close to me in university, so I can go to their parties and yeah. I can sort of go to their freshers events. It's obviously, I i can't go out to a rave on a Wednesday um, and come back home at five o'clock and then go into the office at seven. It's, you know, there are limitations, but it depends what your priorities are. I mean, I i like going out, but I wouldn't say I'd want to do it four times a week. And it's personal preference. Yeah. You know, I find joy in other things. So yeah, it's going to sound so nerdy, but personal development, you know, I yeah. enjoy um and I don't get to damage my liver just as much. So it's, yeah. but it's, it's all about priority. And if, if you want that social life, you, you'll put yourself out there to make it. It doesn't matter sort of your circumstances of your career or your studies. Well, of course, that sort of freshest lifestyle isn't, isn't for everyone, is it? It's not something that you have to do. It's not a rite of passage. And there are different ways to have a social life. Uh, I think as well uh, on the point about social life, the apprentices that we have working for Airbus are part of a wider community of early careers. Um, employees as well so they uh they have a you know an employee resource group which is called gen a and they liaise with the interns and the graduates they also have the opportunity to you know meet up with the full-time students at university as well so in a way they're almost getting more of the the social side from all different groups as well as from their you know their own apprenticeship population as well and depending on the company you work for and how they run their schemes i know atkins particularly is really interested in the well-being of their young professionals they realize that part of that well-being is the social side of things so they sort of give us funds to manage towards our own social events so for example there was a young professional boat party i went to a few months ago during the summer um that we were allowed to do when they put different money towards christmas parties etc so even though you don't get that maybe clubbing every day you get these different kinds of events which are quite special um you may not necessarily get to attend we went to uni yeah, amazing. Well, it sounds great. Yeah, boat party. <laughs> Always up for a boat party. And you've actually got the money to buy the drinks and buy yourself a new outfit, haven't you? <laughs> so, Gabriella, paint us a picture of what a day in your working life is like as an apprentice. So you get stuck right in, as you said, into the workplace on day one. What sorts of things are you doing? So much. It's great. Um, the opportunities are really different depending on where you go. Um, so initially I was put on an internal project within... Atkins, so I was working towards our internal net zero and sort of social value uh, capabilities and what we're offering towards that company. So working towards how do we become a net zero company and how do we uh, include social value within our sort of projects and how we can better society through our work. On a day-to-day basis, I'll get to the office, answer emails. Um, I'm working on a client project right now, so liaising with the client, go meetings, go into workshops. It, it honestly it depends completely what, what you sort of do, but then also balancing then during that week, the university studies. So it's a mixture of working on your own and part of a team then? Yeah, yeah. And so there's sort of, you have to, the responsibilities towards your team and your clients, usually, especially in business, come first. Um, so then that kind of puts a lot of pressure on you then to fulfill your commitments you've made to yourself and your university studies. If you're working on your own, then how do you know what you're doing? Do you ever have moments where you feel like you're not sure, you need to ask for help? Have you ever made a mistake? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the time. I'm lucky because we've got a really good community of young professionals, but then also apprentices. 
Um, so I joined the course with five other apprentices. So we've all got a group chat and we're all saying, I've absolutely no idea what the lecturer's talking about right now, or I've got this deadline, do you mind helping me with this? So it's a really nice, supportive community. Um, but then also sort of our line managers and our other employees understand what we're going through. So if I've got an assignment due, then on a Tuesday, if I say, can I take the Monday off to do my assignment and then make up for the work later on in the week? There's really understanding. And in terms of the, have I made a mistake? Yes. Um, one of many and I'll keep making them. But what's really great about apprenticeships is they understand that we've just come out of school and not of us. We're not these corporate sort of well-made robots just yet. And we, there is flexibility to make mistakes. And I think mistakes that you make aren't going to detriment the project's progression. And if they are, then perhaps your employee's giving you a bit too much responsibility. Um, but I think the main thing is just reach out and communicate well. That's really important. If you're struggling with something, don't leave it right to the end. The deadline, say, well, I didn't understand that. And then sort of, you know, it's just all about communication and being honest if you're struggling and everyone's really supportive. I was going to ask you, Emily, actually, what is a day in the life of a business and administration apprentice in your workplace like? Is it quite similar to what Gabriella's described? Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, we at Airbus... Um, rotate people around different placements so it will be very varied and very different depending on um, which area of the business that they're based in but we give our apprentices the opportunity to uh, move around and, and understand different areas of the business and also get an understanding of um, how the the technical side of the business works and, and the aircraft design um, as well as uh, the business administration activities that they're doing procurement finance commercial you get experience in different areas of business and administration as well then. Is that the same for you, Gabriella? Yeah, it completely depends. So although we're tailored sort of our job role, there's so much that can come under that. Business is a very broad sort of term used. There's like business administration, you've got management, you've got finance. So the opportunities are really what you want them to be. Emily, apprentices are going to be coming into a mixed age working environment. Is it easy to make friends and get on with everybody? Yeah, I think it, it, it does take a certain type of person to come straight from school into a work environment with mixed ages all around you. But I think the, the advice would be just to be yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, in an organisation, people are going to understand that you uh, are less experienced and, and want to put support around you. So in terms of the opportunities to make friends, I think they're there, absolutely. Um, it's actually a great experience to be able to have friends of all different ages and all different levels of experience. So yeah, I would I would advise people just to be themselves and to um, to step up and try, and try and be confident that actually we really want you there. You know, we, you what you bring something to the organisation that we need um, and the mindsets and, and so on that you have are really needed. So, yeah, shine your light is my advice. Trevor, in terms of what you're actually learning in the classroom, in the lecture hall, on the course, does that differ at all to if you were just doing a traditional business and administration degree or is the learning the same? I think it's different. As you're hearing um, what kind of undergirds a degree apprenticeship is this concept called work-based learning. Um, and work-based learning is, is a form of experiential learning, John Dewey and Kolb and all of them lot. So it's about making sure that the the knowledge that you're gaining is applied within a, an actual work context and then brought back into the classroom to actually see whether that theory still works. A lot of the business theories, Michael Porter and, and them lot, they all produced these down late 90s, early 80s. Now, picture for yourself how the world has changed since then. So 
we encourage our students not just to take these on board as given, but they start in a solve. What do you think uh, could be developed from this? So there's this constant toing and froing between theory and practice and practice and, and theory. Great. So you're still learning that same stuff that you would learn on a degree if you were doing a traditional degree, but actually you're all learning from each other. The, the sort of the work is informing the study and the studying is informing the work. It's kind of um, yeah, a bit of a collaboration. That sounds really great. How do degree apprenticeships differ in England, Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland if they do? Broadly speaking, they don't. They're all offered uh, across all of the nations. Um, do your homework, uh, do a little bit of research. There are a few differences. Um, but again, you know, if you look, for example, at the higher educational skills data that they provide, all of the universities from Wales, Scotland, Northern Ireland, England, they're all listed. So they all are providers. Uh, they will just differ in what they're providing. So do your homework and, and have a look at what's being provided. What support do you get? Do you feel supported during your apprenticeship, Gabriella? Yeah, most definitely. Um, not only from that support group around me with other apprentices or even graduates within the company, we're all you know, going through the same experiences. We've just come out of university or just come out of school, so we're all still feeling that pressure. We've got support for each other there. But then there's also support from the universities. Uh, we have skills coaches who we meet with uh, every other month or so. We have our lecturers who we can email. We've got uh, support training teams who we could go to specific um skills lessons about um but then also within your projects you'll have a maybe specific manager that you report to and they understand you're an apprentice they understand you don't have all the knowledge in the world they understand you don't have the experience but for the most part it's, it's really supportive and your line managers particularly know your commitments and they know what you're going through and they want to be there for you they wouldn't choose to be a manager for a young professional if they didn't want to help you and support you so yeah, the support is endless. It sounds like you've got a lot of support. Emily, is that really important to you as an employer to make sure that you are supporting the apprentices and perhaps helping them if they don't know what they're doing or they do make mistakes because obviously they're learning on the job? Yeah, exactly right. We um, we don't expect them to be the finished article when they join us, but that is the beauty of having somebody that um, has got new ideas and fresh ways of looking at things that might not be as jaded as, as perhaps a, a very experienced employee might be. And then in terms of support as well, I think um, certainly from a technical perspective, we have placement managers that can help them with the technical work. We have an early careers team that can support them with the program overall. We also have really good support in terms of mental health and well-being as well. And we unfortunately saw, you know, as I think a lot of companies did, an increase in, in that during the COVID pandemic. Um, and so we have a really good occupational health well-being support um, in the organisation, as well as uh, our education providers also support on mental health and well-being as well, which is really, really important. That's really good. What happens if somebody does make a mistake? If someone makes a mistake, um, I think mistakes are there to be learned from. And I think the business recognises that the apprentice is, is not the the finished article and will help um, them get back on track. And uh, if people are really struggling, whether it be with their academics or with their work, um, we have you know support that we can give and support packages that we can give them to help give them an extra direction that they might need to get back on track. So Trevor, it sounds like there's a lot of support from the university as well as the employers. So you're getting double support if you're an apprentice. You definitely are. And again, as I said beforehand, do your homework to see, you know, which ones kind of set themselves apart from that. Um, I, I know one of the things we're trying to do at Kent Business School is make sure that our relationship with the employers is not just, uh, you know, kind of ticking boxes and when we need to communicate, but actually really having a deep relationship and talking quite regularly. So we have a, an employee voice forum every semester 
where we touch base on things like mental health, how, the, how are they doing. Um, we also run workshops on a regular basis. And next semester, as we set these up, we're going to be looking at mental health. That's going to be our key theme. Um, we're going to look at some financial hacks, uh, how to get through uh, the crisis that uh, people find themselves in. So, you know, it's, again, it's that tripart relationship, working with the student, the employer as the institution and making sure we're all singing from the same hymn sheet. Does a degree apprenticeship in business and administration translate into a job when you finish, Gabriella? Yeah, the opportunities are great afterwards. You've got four years of well, minimum experience. You've got a relevant degree for the most part of the company that you've joined. Um, you've got to know the company and the network, the senior members, people close to you. You understand the projects. I mean, I'd see no reason why there aren't jobs for you within that company. Emily, do you find that a lot of your apprentices stay on and, and get a job after they've finished? Yeah, 100%. That's one of the benefits of the degree apprenticeship scheme is that you are given the opportunity to sort of try each other out for that three-year or four-year period whilst you're on the scheme. Um, and in the in the main, most of our degree apprentices do stay at the end. And unless you do something to really mess it up, you've got a guaranteed job at the end of it. It's amazing to feel like you might go into a job at the end of it and that you probably will because that's such a fear, isn't it, when you're a student? You know, that security is just absolutely invaluable. You know, just in this day and age, like we just feel like we need a little bit of security, don't we? We need to know we're going to have a job. And presumably as well, Emily, although that practical experience that you've got on the job is going to stand you in great stead to get a job if you did go somewhere else. Yeah. And the beauty of the rotations um, around the different departments means that you've built up that network as well. So although you'll have your home department that you've you've started with, if during that three or four year course that you've been doing, you see something that you actually really are passionate about and want to move into, you've built that network and there's a possibility to, you know, move around the organization as well at the end of the of the scheme. Trevor, something I didn't realise about degree apprenticeships is that you're still getting that same degree as if you just did a traditional degree. I thought it would have been somehow not as not the same piece of paper, like not as good a degree in a way because you've been doing all the work in, but you're still getting the same degree, aren't you? And you're getting a cape to go fight crime on a Friday evening. <laughs> uh, you are, but you, you, all the bits that you're getting extra. A traditional student would get this kind of experience by doing an internship or a placement, but again, they are limited in terms of time. A degree apprentice, you know, four days a week, four days a week, every day of the, of the, of the year, they're gaining that, they're clocking up all of that experience. That's great that you're getting that degree, but then everything else on top of it as well. Do you have to stick to business and administration once you finish, Gabriella? Once you've got that degree, it's yours to do whatever you'd like with your relevant experiences in that degree, in that company, what you've been doing for the last few years. But I mean, who's to say you can't grab the degree and then go and be a chef or go work in a completely different sector? It's, it's sort of up to you that that four years or five years, however long you're doing it for, is quite structured. But then once you've got your degree, you know, happy to do what you'd like, same as coming out of university. Yeah, same as doing a traditional degree. It's up to you what you do yeah. once, you've, once you've got that piece of paper. Um, what if you do change your mind? Are there options, Trevor? Universities generally have what's called APL, Acquired Prior Learning. So if you have exited with a uh, a certificate, uh, you know, and then you've, you've clocked up a certain amount of credits. You can normally take those credits to another institution, um, tick those boxes, and then finish off with the other institution. There are different rules, but th there is some kind of flexibility. Um, among degree apprenticeships, we also have what's called a break in learning. So if a student is going through something personal or just something that's overwhelming, they, they can they can pause, they can put on the brakes, deal with whatever you need to deal with, and come back. 
Oh, great. Um, so, so there is that, that, that flexibility. Yeah, that's really good to know. And as we've already learned, you can move around it within the company as well and, and, and perhaps join a different team or do a slightly different role, could you, Emily? Yeah, yeah I think um, the, the degree itself usually stays the same and you can have a break in learning, but once you've got that degree at the end, you know, the world's your oyster in terms of the, the opportunities within the company. So what makes a good business and administration apprentice then? For anyone watching this or listening to this thinking, all right, you've sold this idea to me, I want to do it. What kind of person are you looking for, Emily? Right, okay. So the qualifications is one thing and, you know, do your research on that in terms of the organisation's entry requirements and, you know, the basic qualifications that you need in order to get onto that, that, that uh, programme. So that's one thing, but I think what we also look look at as from an employer's perspective is the behaviours and the skills and the drive to want to do this challenging but highly rewarding route into an organisation. So um, we look for people who are curious, who ask questions, um, who can demonstrate that you know during their school career it hasn't just been about the academics that they've maybe developed themselves in other areas, Duke of Edinburgh awards, they've been prefects, they've done charity work, they've done volunteering. These types of extracurricular skills are are really important. And I think if you can make the most of those and talk about those types of things in your interviews, then that will stand you in good stead. Would you second that, Gabriella? What do, what do you think got you the gig? Yeah. Um, just, just me, I'm such a great person. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's really important. Yeah, the employees know that you are pretty much an amateur coming to the business. So they're not looking for the experience. They're not looking for qualifications as much as other roles, experience hires, because they know you're an apprentice. It's really important that your personality shines through, especially with business. Kind of a lot of what you do is tailored around your clients. Um, if you're working on projects, being personable, being confident, having good communication skills. But in terms of school leavers, it's really important that you've got something other than just your studies to make you stand out. Uh, for example, I did a level two bookkeeping qualification with my mum actually. Um, when I was in my last year of sixth form, just just something that I can use, even as an example through interviews, if they say, tell me a time when you were great at time management, because um, that's key in degree apprenticeships. I say, well, I was balancing studies and I was balancing another qualification on the side and balancing all these things. So choosing aspects of your life that you can relate to in an interview that kind of show you can transfer behaviours into a job, it's really important, even things like uh, organising school events or if you volunteer, if you do sports, all of those are transferable and just showing that you're not just a plain person, you do have a personality because personality is really important. Emily, what will employers ask in the interview? Most large employers now use competency-based interview questions. So those are really trying to get you to give real life examples of a time when you've been able to demonstrate a particular behaviour um, that might be a teamwork or a customer service. Um, but I think in terms of preparation, think about real life examples of your skills, your behaviours, because you'll get asked some technical questions about, you know, the ability to be able to carry out the work and the job. But the bulk of the questions for a degree apprenticeship are likely to be about your skills, your behaviours, your drive, your motivations. So take some time to prepare that and and think of examples and Think of the things that are going to set you apart in terms of your resilience and, and drive and agility, which are the skills really that that we're looking for as an employer in in our um, yeah our new apprentices. Gabriella, any final tips from you for anyone who wants to be the next Gabriella? Well, that's a big beats to fill, but um, <laughs> I, th I think especially during interviews, just be yourself. 
honestly. Um, you're you're going to be an employee. You've got to keep up some sort of professionalism. At the end of the day, they're hiring you for you. Um, and if you're not what they want, if how you act is not what they want, then it's not meant to be. Um, but be yourself, be confident, be passionate, uh, be hardworking and understand the expectations of a degree apprenticeship because it's it's not a float in the boat. Um, it's it's hard work and, you know, for the right people, that's great. And it's an amazing opportunity. But just do research and ensure it's what you really want and enjoy it. It's a great process. I find it quite fun applying for places. It's exciting. Yeah, it's your career. Um, but yeah. And you're still loving the apprenticeship? For the most part, yeah. Good. And I really love the phrase, it's not a float in a boat. Float in a boat. I'm going to start That's using that from now on. That is an excellent phrase. <laughs> that was so great. Thank you. There's nothing better than hearing about things like this from people who are already in the industry themselves and have all the information. So thank you so much for joining us today. Trevor, Emily and Gabriella, it's been amazing having you here. And also a huge thank you to you for tuning in. Don't forget to check out our other episodes for insights into different industries, including nursing, law and loads more. Hopefully that gives you the insight you need to decide whether a degree apprenticeship might be the right path for you. See ya. Hi, Sam from UCAS here. While that episode was packed with great info and insight about apprenticeships. And if you're thinking about an apprenticeship, here are my top tips of what to do next. Firstly, remember you can apply to both university and college courses and apprenticeships. So why wouldn't you? Keep your options open, do your research and make those applications. If you've started a university and college application, your grades, your experiences, the skills you might have referenced in your personal statement can all be used to help you write your CV. Just remember when you're listing those skills to make sure you've got examples to demonstrate how you can actually use them, particularly if you get an interview. Look at lots of vacancies for job descriptions so you know the kinds of tasks and responsibilities that you're going to need to do. And be sure to put as much research as possible into the employer. It's really important you know the sort of environment you're going to be working in. You need to tailor your covering letters and your CVs, and this will help you show your enthusiasm, particularly at interview. Check out Career Finder for our vacancies, but also look at local job sites, LinkedIn, socials. There'll be some fantastic opportunities available in your local and regional areas. It's not just corporate companies that offer apprenticeships. And remember, not everyone is going to call it a higher or a degree apprenticeship. Some will just refer to the levels. So keep your eyes peeled for level four to level seven apprenticeship. Level four is the equivalent to the first year of university and a level seven is the equivalent to a master's. Be sure to ask your employer if there's the opportunity though to move up through the levels if you'd like to work towards a full degree. Don't forget, you can find out about other industries with Katie by heading to ucas.com, YouTube, Spotify, or your preferred podcast platform.